Good afternoon, everybody. This is Vakar Well, Welcome you to the Real Word Show. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 8. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting the movement thus far. We're here with two special guests. Introduce yourself, please. Uh, good, good evening, uh, Facebook family. I'm Dr. Pierre, and I'm here to talk about some very important topic because we do know the good book says my people are dying because of lack of knowledge, so therefore... This is time of uh, illumination, time of knowledge, time uh, so there's no need for ignorance right now. There's no room for it. So we are here to educate our people to make them understand certain uh, elements uh, that are destroying our community, especially the black community. So I'm very happy to be here and thank you for watching. Introduce yourself, ma'am. Hi, um, my name is Judy Sofran and I'm also happy to be here um, as part of the Real Words show. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been um, visiting the website and been sharing it. That's www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's therealwordministriesinc.org. It's on the shirt for those that can see it. So shout out to everybody that's been supporting the movement. All right, so let's dove right into it. Um, Today's subject is um, fatherless children, right? Growing up with our fathers. Fatherlessness in America and how that is uh, one of the most uh, significant topic because of the fact that we understand experts, says, uh, ex ex experts uh, say that um, uh, whatever uh, social ailments or social illness that uh, um, our country is this country is facing today, uh, especially in the black community, it's all attributed to fatherlessness. And um, so the significant of fathers in a home in our community affects all areas of our lives so whatever problem that we're facing from uh, drug trafficking and uh, uh, pr the prison system people going to jail and uh, uh, from um, uh, uh, whatever that you may think of it has something to do with fatherlessness and uh, whether you're talking about um, uh, adolescents having children out of wedlock or uh, um, abortion, whatever the issue is, it has a lot to do with fatherlessness. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to expose the topic. We want to talk about uh, what are the reason why that uh, contri what contribute contributes to fatherlessness and um, what we can do and in order to mitigate the, the issue, in order to save our children, because our young people are dying, they're being destroyed because there's virtually no father in the homes. So do you feel like that whole situation is, what's that word, systematic, systematic, where it was designed for it to be a certain way? Because a lot of people oftentimes refer to, I guess, the public assistance department where oftentimes um, the women are single and if there is a man in there that's receiving income, then it's more difficult for her to receive benefits. And usually you don't see a single father neither line up for welfare. So what do you guys think about that? Well, it, it is widely systematic because it came from even from slavery time, where in slavery time not only uh, they, uh, there were laws for black men and women, uh, they could not get married and be married. And um, when you have children, they had to take the children away from you because they are considered property just like you were. And uh, also, uh, the, the whole concept of using black men to go around different plantation to uh, to uh, sleep with different women in order to breed new slaves. So that was something because you're having children and you can't take care of the children because these children are, are not yours, they are properties, and you're sleeping around with different women. And so this it came out from there, which was very much systematic. And then now, after slavery, um, then you you have, uh, for instance, now we have black people now coming out of slavery. You had uh, no economic base because of the fact that you were just on the plantation working hard for over 200 years with no money. You didn't get paid because you were enriching other people. And then so now you come out of slavery and they let you out with no money. You have to feed family, you have to feed your children. So now what they did, uh, especially in the, uh, in the 19, uh, uh, 1970, 1930s, 
in the early 1930s, uh, right after the, um, what was that, uh, that period? Right after the, uh, 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 the Great Depression. And then um, President FDR came with the New Deal uh, theory, that the New Deal theory was to help um, America in all areas to, in order to move up uh, uh, financially to come out of that Great Depression that they suffered, which was an economic blow for, for the country. So one of one aspect of the New Deal was the, in the social uh, welfare social uh, welfare service was uh, if a mother uh, doesn't have a job and you want to go get uh, public assistance. Uh, first of all, fathers were not allowed to go get public assistance; only mothers. And for the mother to go, you have to have children, and your husband cannot be in the picture. So for, they will give you free housing. They will assist you with, ho with housing, with shelter and food, but you cannot have a husband. So which means that if you have a man, you have to kick him out because the new uh, uh, the housing that they will provide you, you cannot have a man in there. So that was one of the factors because they believe that the people that would use that system the most would be black people. And it makes sense because uh, they, we're the only one who were slave who are working for 200 years with no economic base. And so all other... Uh, European peasants who came into this country, they came, the government provided them with economic basis, and we didn't. So therefore, when we came out of slavery uh, in this country, we had to work, and therefore a lot of us couldn't make it, so we had to count on the government. And so for you to get that assistance, you couldn't have a father figure in the home. So it starts from there, and from slavery through uh, the Jim Crow system, uh, the Jim Crow period, and also the New Deal after, right after the Great Depression, and then uh, now we talk about uh, the, uh, the the um, uh, high incarceration, the justice system now that was that was uh, set up just to uh, incarcerate black men. If you think of the early 70s and the 80s and the 90s with the war on drugs that incarcerated millions of men, especially black men, uh, for the drugs which were planted in our community. So therefore that took away a lot of our black men. And plus with now the police genocide of black men that's taking our black men um, uh, 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 off the streets. So because the, one of the things they know is that in order, it's the whole concept of divide to conquer because they know if the uh, they want the black folks to never be united, to never have some form of uh, empowerment, to be able to rise and to do something for their community because they know money is power. If you have money, then you can combat any system of uh, unjust system. And any system of injustice, you can combat it because you have uh, money, which is a great economic base that brings power. Money is power. So therefore, and also, the next thing we need is unity, and that's one thing we don't have, and there's a lot to, uh, that caused that. Even the Bible talks about us not being united, and so that was a great way to keep us uh, deunified, because if there's no father in the home, then the children will wind up on the street. And, uh, and statistics shows that when there is no father, there is, uh, there is four uh, times greater uh, a risk of poverty in a home when there's no father in there. When there's no father, uh, teenager, teenage pregnancy rise four times more likely for teenage girls to become pregnant because there's no father there. Because when the father is home and there is some form of um, uh, fear, the fear that you have to come home at a certain time, there are certain things you cannot do, you can't come home pregnant, and, 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 and plus when dad is actually active in the life of that young lady and, and building her, building her his princess and, and being in his in her life and, and teaching her moralities, teaching her how to be a young lady, teaching her how to be how to respect herself as a young woman and now she has something to look forward to because she's daddy's princess. She don't wanna uh, she don't wanna disappoint daddy then she has more of a reason to behave herself and to do the right thing. So by eliminating the father, they know that the risk of those, th these families to be broken apart uh, is greater, and it is. Well, can I, so what you just described there, um, Pastor Pierre, is active fathering. When you discuss 
the contributions that the father would bring not only to the woman but also to the children um, in the house but we all know that that is the ideal right like what you just described as what the dad would be doing that is ideal but unfortunately we know that even when there is a father figure in the home not all fathers live up to the ideal Uh, the father in the home might be abusing the mother right he may be talking down to his children he may be verbally abusive sexually abusive to his children so these fathers are present are you do you feel that the presence of a father is what matters most or do you feel that as i feel that it's the active fathering that matters most because but I'll, I'll let you answer the question. I don't want to answer my own question. But the presence of the father itself is a big contribution. Speaking to the mic. The, father, the, the presence of the fathers itself is a great contribution to the welfare of the family. Now, when you have a father that is present and active, it gives them a great reason to be productive and to do something right so even the 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 father being present and not being active that itself it give the it give uh, the family a greater chance of making it because the present itself brings some type of fear some type of respect uh, because the kids just knowing that there's a dad at home you can't come home at any time you know you gotta watch what you see you gotta watch what you do because dad is home but now when dad is active when dad is actually teaching the children morality, when dad is actually teaching them how to, how to live, when dad is actually building this young man, and teaching them how to be a man, raising him from a boy to become a man, teaching that young lady how to be a princess, how to respect herself, and dad is building up uh, the, the, the self-esteem of, her, of his princess and helping her to become a, a woman in the right sense of the word. And then so now you find these uh, young people in those families will have a great chance of succeeding because of uh, the presence of the father. So but so I didn't say n- not active. I, I didn't say like not like the, the father is present and not active. I said the father is present mm-hmm. and negatively uh, act, acting in the lives of his children and the woman in the house. Oh, oh, that's a good question. When the father is present and he's negative, he's sexually uh, molesting his children. He is uh, coming home drunk, drunk or, or high and beating up his wife. It's worse. It, it, it's better for him not to be home than for him to be there and doing that. So it's better for him not to come home at all. Because when he comes home, when he's not there, they have a better chance of making it than when he's present and destroying them. So that, uh, that will cause 100% family destruction unless they find some kind of divine empowerment for them to come out of that situation and to be able to, when they come out of that situation, they come all messed up, they come out all messed up. So they need great therapy to be able to come out from the negativity from uh, uh, in order to come up uh, to the surface and to go higher. So it becomes uh, more uh, detrimental uh, to the family when the father comes home and don't understand his uh, divine calling to be a father, a loving father, a loving husband, a provider, uh, uh, a provider, uh, uh, an overseer, and um, and someone that will provide, someone that will profess, and someone that will um, uh, uh, protect, a protector. So when he forgets his calling and he begins to abuse his wife, abuse his children, so they, he's putting them on a fast track toward destruction. Okay, so you, Pastor Pierre, you have two daughters, right? Um, so how are you training them or preparing them for the future? You have two daughters and one son, right? You have to raise your son in the sense that he's going to be able to treat women correctly and speak to women correctly. And also um, for your daughters, you have to raise them in a way where they are respectable. So how are you going to do that? Well, that's a good question. The, the most significant way of, don't forget, we people, the, the best way of us, uh, of, of us learning is through visual aid, is through uh, 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 modeling. So my, the best way I teach my son, even before I open my mouth, is to, through modeling. So the way I treat my wife at home, 
the way I come home, I treat my wife at home, that already gave my daughter a perspective of how a woman is supposed to be treated. Even before I start to engage her, before I start to uh, have any kind of encounter with her, she already sees through the, my action of how I treat my wife as a woman, how I build her up from the time I met her, and now as her became one of the greatest mother I've ever seen, one of the greatest wife, and one of the greatest uh, professional that I've ever, I've ever seen. And so from my girls seeing that already put them on a fast track toward uh, perfection and toward uh, success because they already see through modeling. And my son too, he knows what a man is supposed to do because he sees how I come home and I treat mom and dad. He sees how I interact with them. That already, my presence in their life and seeing me um, acting and living my everyday life at home, that already is a great testament, is a great testament of what kind of children they will become. What and when I interact, I do it on purpose because I know that they are watching. I know that they are sponges, that they are they are uh, they are absorbing things that they will uh, uh, that will be manifested in their lives later. So when I talk, I talk with life. I talk life. I talk faith. I talk uh, 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 I talk um, uh, uh, success in their lives, and so that they are there absorbing. They are living it. They are living testament of the kind of man I am and that's what's going to cause them that's already what's going to cause them and now for me sitting there teaching them uh, doing sitting doing homework with them and going to uh, 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 parent teachers meeting and, and, and being involved in their lives and talking to them coaching them letting them know what uh, how they should behave how they should be uh, how a man supposed to treat a woman and how a young lady supposed to be treated and now from time to time I have father daughter day I take my daughters out to eat even at the young age and you know I buy them flowers and that's will, that will continue until the day they get married. So that, that gentleman that will come to my house and ask me for my daughter, you better be prepared. You better come with your pants on your, on your, on your waist, not, <laughs> not at uh, uh, the bottom of your behind like, you, like uh, you're wearing diapers. You're going to come as a man. You're going to come with a civil tongue because when I speak with my daughter, I speak to her like a um, king is supposed to speak to a princess. When I speak to my wife, I speak the way a, a king is supposed to speak to her, to, to his uh, to his queen. And so it is to build, it is to empower, it is to put them on a track to, to success. So let's hear Judith. Judith, what about you? Um, do you think your life was different because you grew up with your father or no? Oh yeah, um, I think my life is definitely different because I had a father in my house. Um, uh, what, what can I say, like from the very beginning, um, my dad was very active in my education, very active in helping me um, with my academics, learning to read. Um, my father supported and cultivated my um, love for reading. Um, he, uh, every day after school, he would uh, drop me and my brother off to the library and then pick us up. Um, that was just, that was his thing. He was really all about education and helping us to, to uh, really take our education seriously. Um, he took us to church that was one thing that he he modeled for us when you talk about modeling um always at church on time um there were times that he would get upset with us because we were making him late but he um instilled in us that um attendance to church very important um it, there's so so many things i think financially Whenever I think of my father, I think of like um, finances because my dad was always supporting me up until college, um, supporting me financially. Um, anything that came up that had to do with school, he was always ready and willing to dish out whatever monetary amount. So um, I would say that, oh, and also my dad was my first, the first person who taught me how to drive. Um, before I went to any s driving school, um, my dad, he took, he, I don't, man, I don't even know what made him want to, but he had me drive his, his car, the car that he used to work, 
Um, and he taught me how to drive um, until um, I felt I was ready to go to a professional driving instructor. So uh, my, my dad has really been a part of my life from the very beginning. Um, my parents are still married. Um, and even though it hasn't been easy, ma uh, married life is not easy at all, but um, I don't know if I would be the same person if my dad was not in my life. Yeah, like even myself, I, I learned a lot from my dad growing up and even as an adult, now that we could have like adult conversations that we couldn't have when I guess we were younger, um, my dad taught me a few things. One thing he said, don't let no man play with you, don't let no man play with your wife, and don't let no man play with your kids. In a sense that, you know, mind your business and do what you gotta do to take care of your family. But, you know, if someone get out of line, then you gotta handle that as a man. Um, I also inherited his work ethic, because my father was very ambitious, and when a lot of other people were standing still, um, he was like, no, he went out there and, you know, um, him and my mother, they bought property and that's something that they did during a time when not a lot of African-Americans or Haitians were doing that at that time. And he levied one property and bought another and, you know, so I always got that business sense of mind from my dad. Um, I had several friends that grew up without fathers and I could say that their life was impacted in a certain way. Like I know one kid, for example, um, he grew up without his mother at first and he got sent to America and then he was growing up with his mother and he had a stepfather that he loved as a father. The stepfather was looked out for him every time he got in trouble, the stepfather was there, the stepfather um, used to help the mom with the mom, but then a situation happened between the mother and the stepfather and the stepfather left. And when the stepfather left, um, I, I guess, you could say him and his mother were heartbroken in a sense that like he took it he took it hard because that was the only father that he ever knew and ultimately he ended up joining a gang because of that I guess he felt the need for like some kind of um, leadership or father figure so that's where he turned around for that and that's happened to several people you know like when a father's not in their life it's hard for a mother sometimes to like tell her to like you know keep a boy in check because sometimes boys are rebellious they want to do whatever they want to do and when they see it's just their mom like their mom go through it sometimes and the mom has to deal with them while dealing with their own problems sometimes you know and sometimes it becomes overbearing um perfect example in the movie when they see us um Corey Wise his mother his mother was going through a lot she was going through her personal problems and her struggles I'm, I'm not sure if it was drugs or what it was but when the son got into trouble, she was like, I can't really go see him. I can't really do anything for him. Like, you know, he's in jail and I got my own life to live. I can't really do anything. And he like, Mama, I understand. I understand. I forgive you. It wasn't your fault. But, you know, with that same movie that you talk about, now that I think about it, mm -hmm. the presence of one father had a negative impact on one of the, on one of the boys. Yeah, because the father, his father was the one who told him to lie. And it was because of the lie that he ended up going to uh, jail for something that he did not do. And sure. not only that, but the father just disappeared when the child started. The father, because of his guilt, he, mm. of course, he's going to feel guilty that he's the one who causes his son to have to experience this. But mm. it's just, it's, it's so nuanced. Like, I feel like sometimes when we have um, to topics and discussions like this, there's no real right answer because True. you can have um, so many different situations where m the presence of a father is, is, is not ideal. The presence of a father can cause the same um, uh, issues that you're talking about, the statistics. The mm -hmm. presence of a father could actually cause um, a, someone to end up in jail or, you know, join a gang or get pregnant, you know, things like that. So... It's, I feel like the world that we're living in is so nuanced and so complicated, like that, that it's no one size fits all. And so, and even in our discussion right now, we've been talking mostly about heterosexual couples. If we think about um, um, homosexual couples, 
um, families that are um, that are same sex um, uh, genders. The 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 parents are same sex. If you have two women in the household, but it's a two parent household, they're raising children, no fathers. Or if you have uh, a two males in the house raising children, it's two fathers. So it's like, how does the fatherless? How does this topic, um, you know? impact them like what does do it touch them well that's a that's a good topic because um now Talk when, to the mic, so when it comes when it comes to uh, a child being raised in 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 a, in a family where there are two women that's supposed to be lesbian couple that are raising a child uh it brings certain confusion to that child and that child is also missing that component and by the way when we were talking about fathers we were talking about fathers who understand their calling and who understand their duty and who are doing their duty well and how that impact their family in a positive way. And mm -hmm. so when we're talking about a father, a, a child who's growing up among two women and there's that component of a male figure that that child needs. So that child becomes confused now when he sees two, two women raising them and, 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 and um, any psychologist will tell you that that aspect because we have the male chromosome in us and the female chromosome. We have the, um, uh, the, the testosterone and we also have the estrogen. The X so and Y chromosome. The, the, the Y and the, and the X chromosome. So we need, uh, there is that emptiness for that male figure in our lives. And also we need that female figure to balance us. But that male figure is so important that I have seen 30-year-old, uh, 40-year-old uh, women, women who have children or even married, because they had no uh, no time with their with their father, they didn't know their father, or their father was not in their life while growing up. Mm. They still, even when they are married, they have children. They have moved on in life. They are sobbing and crying because they feel that emptiness while they are growing up. That they still have because daddy was not in their lives. So there is a significant need to have that male figure, both for the male and the female because the father ultimately becomes the first love of that young woman. So she knows what love is when only when she gets it from a male perspective. And the man and the young man needs a male figure. He needs a hero. He needs that 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 um he needs that hero. He needs that uh uh, uh the, the model of what it means to be a man and to get that 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 male love, that masculine love that make you strong, that give you that backbone, that makes you a, a man with great confidence and, and, and who, who believe in yourself and who is empowered to go and take the world, take on the world and, and take dominions and, and build empires because you need that male figure. So that whole concept of raising a child uh, by two men it, 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 there's something missing. There's a so, piece of the puzzle missing, and that child would be more confused than anything. So I got a perfect example for you, a real life example. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you guys ever heard of a guy named Donald Trump? <laughs> 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 so yeah, Donald Trump's father is Fred Trump, right? Fred Trump is famous be because he started real estate, but he didn't do it the way Donald did. Fred Trump had a bunch of residential buildings in Coney Island. Um, so he rented those residential buildings to all the people and calling those buildings are still up now even till today and Donald actually had an older brother that was named after his father on Fred Trump Jr. and because of the persona that the father had was so great he he felt that he couldn't live up to it so because he couldn't live up to it um, he fell into alcoholism and that's one of the reasons why Donald Trump don't drink um, so his brother died in his 40s from from alcohol poisoning. He just kept drinking, 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 drinking. I guess because he seen himself as a failure when he looked at his brother and when he looked at his father. Um, Donald always felt like he had to be um, bigger and better than his father. Um, so that's when he went into New York and started buying up Manhattan real estate, which was way more expensive than um, Brooklyn real estate. Um, every time he bought something, he, he always invited his father to come see and to see if his father was proud of him every single time. Even when he went to Atlantic City and he opened up the Taj Mahal and it wasn't making money, it was his father that cut the check to keep the, the casino open because 
it was still their name at the end of the day. Um, so, in a sense, he had a good father that always supported him, but at the same time, his father put a lot of pressure on him that made him into the person that he is, and he felt like he had to do the most just to live up to his father. Kobe Bryant has a similar story. Um, I was watching an interview with him, and he talked about how he started playing basketball when he attended a basketball camp and he was terrible like if you can imagine Kobe Bryant being terrible at basketball but he was like that he just the whole summer at this basketball camp he didn't make one shot not one shot at all and so at the end of the summer you know he comes uh, to his dad and you know his face is down and he's so um, disappointed in himself and he said that what his father said is what changed his life and changed the trajectory of his life. Um, his father said, it doesn't matter if you're good or if, if you make shots or if you don't make shots, I will always love you. And he said that hearing those words from his dad, it actually motivated him to um, um, practice more and to get better at basketball. And he said, he spent the rest of that year and, um, you know, obviously practicing his craft and learning to play. And he uh, ultimately, he got so good that he became the Kobe Bryant that we know today. So, um, you know, something similar with the father. Absolutely. So here you're talking about how when you have a father that knows his calling, knows his duty, and his purpose in the life of his children, he does it well. So even a word has power, as we know, even from the good book, it says, word has life. Because he spoke word, he told, he reaffirmed him that he loves him, no matter what comes out of him. And because of that, because of that love that was so strong, that has life in it, he was able to motivate him into excellence. And today he is one of the Hall of Famer because of that particular word from his father. So that shows you in a positive way presence the, that shows you in a positive way the presence of a father in the life of a child mm -hmm. and even expert even says that um, when uh, a white a woman is pregnant uh, when a woman is pregnant she has 40% chance of having a miscarriage but when there is a father figure in the life of the that woman in other words her, her husband uh, is there with her uh, caressing her belly and, and making her at ease lift her feet high so that she can relax and you know when she needs some water you know she you know and, and instead of her getting up he gets up and make her at ease bring some water bring some food and cater to her while she's pregnant and expert says that say that that woman now risk of losing the child cut in half now she had 40 percent chance of losing the child because the, uh, the, the her husband is active in her life the father of the child and so now that child is hearing the voice of the father every day. And the child, the father is playing just like I used to do, playing with the belly, kissing the belly, and talking to the child, and and uh, and, and and hugging the belly. And so because of that, now it, the risk was cut into into in half. Now instead of her having forty percent chance of having a miscarriage, now she has she has only uh, uh, twenty percent chance of having a miscarriage, and that child already have a fighting spirit to live because she knows there's someone who loves her. She knows daddy is there and daddy already have her back, even or her or his back, even in the belly. So the, the, the presence of the father is very important. That is why the systems mm -hmm. work so hard, especially in the black community, to keep the fathers out because this is how the, 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 the group that wants to be so dominant can always remain dominant because if you keep the other group polarized, if you keep them divided, then you can conquer. And that was that's the whole the old trick in the book, divide to conquer. And this is why black women need to understand when you have a man, a black man, it is important for you to cherish, to love that man, and to push him into become the best man that he can be, to empower him, to pray for him, to speak life in his in to speak life and success in his life and to build him up. I'm not saying they are perfect, but if you build them up, if you hold them accountable, and you, you remind them every day of his calling, of how God called him to be a provider, God called him to be a protector, God called him to be a father and a husband, 
and someone that will live up to his uh, ex uh, to his potential. And I guarantee you, he will, because we like challenges. If you challenge him to be the best he can be, and you be that helper that may, that call you to be, you will see that you have the best man in life, and in turn, he will build you up too, so that you can become the best wife, the best professional, the best mother, and the best person that you can ever be with that man by your side. Do you think what they say is true that women look for men that are similar to their father, even if their father was good or bad? What do you think, Judith? Um, I've heard that, um, but um, if I'm looking at it from a spiritual, if we're looking at it from a psychological perspective only, then yes, that is true that we tend to um, attract the men who are like our fathers. But if I'm looking at it from a spiritual perspective, I, I like to think that we can overcome those um, toxic attractions and not um, and, and learn to attract a good a good men. Uh, if we had a, a, a father who was you know abusive or verbally sexually, whatever, we can learn to attract a man who is the opposite of that. So I think that for any woman who's watching or listening, that if you did have a, a negative father figure in your life, that you don't have to um, think that you're destined to end up like your mother, or you're destined to end up with the guy who was like your dad, like with prayer and, um, you know, of course, therapy, as pa Pastor Pia had mentioned, therapy earlier, like you can overcome that and you can learn to attract someone better absolutely so therapy is very important because especially if you came from a toxic environment where you were a toxic environment where you were abused by your parents or you were abused by a brother by an uncle by someone in the family or abused sexually verbally or, or physically and because that usually caused a woman to become uh promiscuous uh, to find a man even in an early age so before you do yourself a disservice when you do that because you set yourself up to be abused to, to be abused more uh, to be used more and so what you need to do is to get therapy before you even get into a relationship because no matter if, even if God bless you with the best man on earth you will most likely sabotage this relationship because you came with so much baggages right. in your life, in your trunk, and so that you want to uh, get rid of those baggages, you want to get therapy so that you can get healing, uh, and so that be, uh, in order for you to appreciate that new, uh, that relationship and a good man that God gives you, and so therefore if you're not detoxified, if you're not, uh, if you didn't receive therapy, most likely you will see your that abusive person in your life through the eye of that man even though he's great you won't respect him you won't uh, uh, you won't uh, uh, you won't respect him you won't uh, 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 have faith in him you won't uh, trust him you will have trust issues you will think that he will do you just like you would do just what happened just like uh, the person who had abused you, you think that person will come to abuse you and use you. So it is important to get therapy before you get into a relationship. That's the best thing you can do for yourself because you will most likely sabotage this relationship. And I would also say the same thing for young men too because um, whatever they see in their house as children, they tend to become. So if you saw abuse in your house, if you're a young, uh, a young boy, then you will end up abusing a woman later on in life. So I think <coughs> that um, both parties need to be careful about um, passing on those uh, um, generational uh, cycles, continuing those cycles. You know, it's up to the individual to break those cycles and, and really get the help that they need um, so that we don't continue in this per uh, perpetual you know um, th that society doesn't continue in this way so but even us as you know um as haitian people you know especially religious haitian people it would seem like that's part of our culture to be honest where like you know the woman is being abused for years and she stays with the man or like the man has like women on the outside and the woman wants to keep like the public figure Perfect, so she doesn't even talk about it, she just stays with the man. Right. 
before the guy has a girl in Haiti and then he has a, he has two separate lives here and there. You know, that's something that we deal with regularly mm-hmm. within our community, you know, and there's, a, and there's a couple guys that beat their wives, like, you know, beat their wives like their wives are men, um, things of that nature, you know. So it's a lot of different things that we deal with as people and, 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 and everyday life. Um, me, honestly, like I'm a husband, I'm a father now, um, and both are not the easiest jobs, Pastor Pierre could attest to that. Um, but it is rewarding, you know, to like watch these kids grow, to help them grow. And it's like you living life all over, you know, you get to teach them how to read, how to do math, um, things of that nature. You watch them walk, how to learn to talk, grow teeth, and it's like you watching life grow, and you... It's never going to be perfect. Like, you're never going to be the perfect parent or the perfect husband or the perfect wife because nothing in life is perfect. You understand what I'm saying? And most of the time, like, we're learning for the first time. Yeah, we've seen our parents do it, but it's different when you're doing it yourself, right? It's almost like you ask someone drive a car every day, and then when you're behind the wheel, you understand all the responsibilities that comes along with it. You know, even, perfect example, if you hit someone... If you, if you hit a pedestrian, regardless if they jumped in the middle of the street, you're at fault. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that, you know? Yeah. It's like whatever happened to the kid or with the kid, you're the parent. Mm-hmm. So it's like those are the things that we got to deal with. And like Pastor Pierre said, um, and you said, sometimes people come into relationships with, with, with baggage. And some people are packed for two, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> you have baggage claim and then yeah. you guys are going to a house and you end up getting... And you end up having more luggage than you have space in the house. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you clash. You clash. I always see I always see marriage and family as like Tetris. You know how in Tetris you gotta put the blocks down and when the blocks match up then you got more time. Mm-hmm. But then if the blocks don't match up then you hit the ceiling, you hit the ceiling yeah. and it keeps building yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, you know, like you just try to find the pieces that fit and then the more pieces that fit, the more you could build the foundation and keep going, mm-hmm. you know? And that just takes time, understanding, and a lot of prayer. Yep. Absolutely. You said something very important. So prayer is important, understanding that one significant piece of the puzzle is having that spirituality, having that connection with God, because ultimately he is the author of family. If you seek him in prayer, he will give you the grace. If you, he will give you the serenity. He will give you the... Uh, uh, a wisdom that you need in order to do your very best, in, in order to to ensure the success of your family, mm-hmm. because ultimately that's what he wants. He wants to see successful families uh, that stay together because he values marriage, he values family, and as you know, the first family came from heaven, love came from heaven, and so therefore he wants to build up on earth in order for us to help him colonize the earth. Because the way we colonize the earth is with the cultures of heaven. The cultures of heaven is unity. The cultures of heaven is love. The cultures of heaven is uh, is uh, togetherness and mutual respect. And that is what we want within the realm of family. So if we have those components, plus we have God as the building block, as the cornerstone, as the foundation, you will have success, uh, 100% success at uh, bringing your family to a successful path. But a lot of people feel like the world is backwards, as in the things that's supposed to be unpopular are now popular, and the things that are regular are now unpopular things. An example of that, we would say, is marriage, right? Back in the days, everyone wanted to get married. Marriage was a big thing. People got married young, like, you know, 19, 20. <laughs> just put it in the middle, you guys. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people got married in, like, 19, 20, 21. And now we look at it like people don't really want to get married. Like everybody wants to, you know, do their own thing or live young forever. And even in regards to children, like some people want to have children, like take care of them. Some people don't care for children at all. It's like, that's not for me. And it seems like everyone is like, they just want to do whatever they want to do. Like, what do you guys think about that? Well, I I totally agree with you because, I mean, if you... I really don't feel like the church, Christians, or whatever denomination or faith you claim, we've done a good job at teaching people how to live life. Like, we've 
taught a lot about like doctrine and studying the Bible and prophetic uh, things and you know looking forward to Christ's second coming which but we haven't done a good job at teaching people how to live life on earth and I remember talking about people don't want to get married like I um, read where Oprah because we know that Oprah and, and her life partner Stedman they they're not married but yet they've been cohabitating for years and so when Oprah asks um, you know like you know do you think that he she asked Stedman basically like do you think that we would still be together if we had gotten married because he did propose to her at one point they were engaged um, but they called off the engagement and decided we're just going to be life partners. Mm. So she asked him, do you think we would still be together if we had gotten married? And he said, no. He said, no. And if you think about it, like, it, like I, I honestly believe that. Like, think about Oprah's, how much power she has, how much money she has. If he had the, if they were married and he had the legal power to take all of her money and it, it just that that in itself would have caused so much so much stress and caused so much issues in the marriage that it probably wouldn't last and i have many friends um that that i knew from growing up who have families and who are not married to their partners they they live together as life partners that's what they call each other that's my life partner they're not married and they're having children and they have fam they're having um, babies together. So uh, why? Because we have not Isn't showed that like the a world. Wealth? Well, marriage. Yeah, I, and I, just, I I say that to say that we have not shown the world a good example of uh, uh, what a good marriage good marriages look like. Mm. If you think about the fifty percent divorce rate, which is equal in in the church. Like we have, we are not good examples of what marriage is. So why should people get married? Well, the thing is, uh, that's a good question. And, and one other thing is, you know, the, the, when, when people are shackling up together and having children, the devil doesn't bother you because you're living in sin. The devil bothers you. The devil bothers you when you begin to do it the right way. You're marrying to someone and raising children. Not all have you. Uh, 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 so now, what you need a strategy, having God in the middle, and having a, 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 a having a, a game plan for your marriage, because marriage needs work. It needs you know it needs work. It needs um, a, a plan of action, and you you and when you get that plan of action, and you actually work at it, and you implement that plan of action, and you have God in the middle. That's what that's what's gonna work. And, so now you should find more people are not getting married, more people are shackling, shackling, shackling up and having children out of wedlock. This is a time of immorality, because the Bible did say, as the as iniquity shall abound, the life, the uh, the, uh, uh, the the love of many shall wax cold, and and, 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 and uh, immorality will grow in our world. And so that gives people a, a reason to love. Um, and the next thing is is the fact that. The church, where what the church eliminate one thing that we really need, and and replace one thing, and God never meant to have church or religion per se. God wanted us to be spiritual, but what happened is that we have religious people and we don't have spiritual people. That's a, that's two different things. God created spiritual people. Yeah, because religion is just a doctrine. Religion, religious people, because religion is something that men has created. So whatever men create, you know it's not for good. It's not something that lasts. It's not something that is genuine because God did not build it. Whoever built it worked in vain. So what God wanted is to, for us to become spiritual, understanding first that we're spiritual entities. That we're going to need God in our lives. We're going to need a relationship with God. Because ultimately, when you begin to have that relationship with God, it is easy for you to have a, a good relationship with your partner. Because you see your partner through the eyes of God. That is why the good book says, you have to first, uh, be, uh, the man has to love his wife the way Jesus loved, loved his people. The way so Christ now, loved the church. It, it, well, the, the church is, uh, it's uh, trans, during translation. Yeah. And they put, they put um they put the church yeah. but in the original uh bible it says the way god loved his people yeah. is israel the people is the church 
Yes, but now we make the people the church. But the, but anyway, um, so uh, that is what God requires. But you know, you have to look at God first, and your relationship with God will, will translate into the relationship with your partner. But what we find today, we find a lot of people parading to church every day, and there is no godliness in them. There is no spirituality in them. That is why they are in church, but they are sleeping with one another. They have they, they, they are having their nonsense everywhere, and everybody is doing everybody because there is no spirituality. It is just a show. It is so that is why we cannot be a good example to the world mm. because we have to stop the show and get to spirituality because that's what God wants. What do you think us. about that, Judah? Well, I was going to say, um, Pastor Pierre said something earlier, well, he said something earlier um, about, um, you know, that when we're doing the right thing, that the devil attacks us, but when we're doing the wrong thing, then the devil leaves us alone. And I would say, like, as, a, as hearing that, even though I consider myself a Christian, I feel like, isn't that, like, bad PR for Christianity? Like, if I, if, like, say I wasn't a Christian and I heard that, I'll be like, well, then there's, n why would I want to enter into this faith? Because if I'm doing the wrong thing and I'm not being bothered, why should I enter into something where my life is going to be miserable? And I don't know, for me, when I read the Bible, I don't see God promising a life of, um, uh, misery and a life where I'm constantly being attacked. Of course, he says that tribulation will come and the righteous are persecuted, but there are many, many promises in the Bible where God promises us blessings if we follow him, if we obey him, that he um, promises us um, fruitfulness and abundance and prosperity. And so I feel like those promises are the promises that I choose to claim and I choose to share that if we do follow and obey God, then we will be better off than those who are living in sin and who are not living up to the calling that God has called them to. That's that's what I choose to, to live by. No, certainly, uh, certainly, you're right. And uh, when I said that you know the, 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 the devil will challenge you, that doesn't mean God will give you the serenity to overcome those as long as he becomes your anchor. Yes, he will give you the thing, but you have to have a level of spirituality, not just being, uh, uh, the problem is we are doing uh, spiritual thing when we are only Christians, you know, because marriage is a spiritual thing. It's not a Christian thing. It is not a, 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 uh, a religious thing. So we are doing religious thing while we are spiritual people. Religion and Christianity are all man-made. God created spiritual people. If you look at the Bible, Israel were a spiritual people. That's where that was their identity. That was who they are. The nation was a nation of spiritual people. So there was no such thing as as, as religion or anything else. So religion comes and people get caught up in religion. And that is why so many people died in the name of religion. Yeah. Because people get caught up in religion okay. and they bypass spirituality. Right. I agree with that. I agree 100%. So what about you guys? Are you willing to die for your faith? Yeah, when it comes to my faith in God, I'm willing to die because, look, um, the thing is, uh, you know, in this world, you can die for no reason. You know, a lot of young black men are dying in the hand of the police, even when they pose no threat. They are not a problem. They pose no threat. They're not a problem. So if, if I'm going to die, well, I would love to die for something that is meaningful, so mm -hmm. that I can be known, I can be always remembered, I can be always memorialized for standing for something. Because if you stand up for, if you cannot stand up for something, you will fall for anything. I'd rather be known as a guy who stood up for something, who had something he believed in, and he's, he was able to give his life for it. Yeah. Um, if I would not die for my religion, I would not um, die for some, you know, even Christianity, I would not die for Christianity, um, but I would die for someone who has loved me unconditionally, and someone who has um, been with me from the very beginning, um, even when everyone else forsook or abandoned me, like, 
that's someone that I would I would lay my life down for. But the thing is, um, he's already done that for me. So what he asks uh, um, what he asked me to do is to live for him. So that's what I I want to do with my life. I want to live for him. Absolutely, that's uh, that's that's right because Yeshua, which was the Messiah, he came to die so that he can give you life right. and life more abundantly. All he wants you is to live for him. Right. So this is the most wonderful news because somebody dies so that you can live. So you don't have to worry about dying. You yep. have to worry about living, living. and yep. living for him, living yep. as a living testimony, as an example. So that requires spirituality, not religion. Yep. Mm. Amen. So, any closing thoughts? Um, I want to say that this was a heavy topic and um, fatherlessness um, touches all of us. Um, even if you had a father present in your life, um, you might still feel abandoned. You might still feel misunderstood or like your, your father um, doesn't understand. Um, but I, I love the fact that God calls us um, his, his us. Well, himself, our Heavenly Father. Um, and he says that even if our mother and father abandons us, he will be there for us. So no matter who you are, um, no matter what your life circumstances are, that you have a Heavenly Father. And um, God serves as that Father figure for you in your life. And he loves you unconditionally. And you can always trust him. You can always go to him with your the that hole that is 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 there because of fatherlessness but god fills it and god makes us whole i want to appeal for two seconds to the millennium because i know some of you may have god-fearing fathers you may have good fathers who are looking out for you but because he's a little tough on you he don't let you go out and do your thing and you want to keep you in a path of righteousness and you find him to be a problem you want to argue with him you want to disrespect him if that is you, I pray that you will uh, you, you will uh, 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 go to God and confess your sin and make it right with your father. When you have God-fearing fathers who are looking out for you, it may be, you know, that you know, he doesn't want you to hang out late. You know, you're only 15, you're only 18. He doesn't want you to be out late. He wants you to come home at a certain time. He doesn't want you to hang out with the wrong crowd. He doesn't want you to smoke and read and, and, and stay sleeping around and you find him to be a problem because he's trying to, to give you the right uh, perspective of life. So if that is you, I pray that you stop your rebellious uh, acts and learn to love your father, learn to appreciate him because when he's gone, that's when you're going to be regretful. But before that happens, I pray that you will repent and make it right with your dad and, and, uh, and so ask that for forgiveness and make it right. It's a wonderful thing to have a father in your life. You know? And to close out, shout out to Jerome Haynes. He's, he shout out the real word. Um, shout out to Eric Jean Baptiste and check out his podcast. Um, he said, um, being a parent is a high, being a father is a very high calling, and the job is so hard that it's meant to keep parents to continue to lean on God. Mm. That's a fact. Um, and he was like, um, the millennials are now adults, the current generation, after that generation, Z now, whatever that is. <laughs> so, shout out to everyone for watching. We thank you for tuning in. Um, I think fathers, having a father or a father figure, whether it's a stepfather, uncle, or grandfather, um, or even a bigger brother, or even someone that's not even blood-related to you, but that's showing you positive um, things, I think that plays a big role in anybody's development. Um, shout out to all my brothers that I grew up with at my church. Um, the original La Odise. We all grew up together as brothers. And our goal was always to be successful black men and we did that. So you know, so I want to shout you guys out and I want to thank God for that. Um, and all the mothers and fathers that helped raise us because you know we was one family and we still are. And mm -hmm. shout out to all the churches and all the positive people that's helping to raise positive young men and young women to do positive things and to keep on the culture. We don't always gotta, you know, promote nonsense. We can promote positivity mm -hmm. as well. So black families, stay united. You're married, stay united, stay with your family, stay with your loved one, and build that marriage, 
build, you know, uh, uh, build an empire and take dominions together. And so unity is very important. Divorce does not count. And God says he hates divorce and he wants you to go to the center. So divorce is not counted, it's not an alternative. So take that out of your vocabulary, whatever the problem is, there is a solution. Seek therapy.